Welcome to the Sicilian Secret Diet Plan Podcast. This podcast is written and presented to you by husband and wife team Dr. Sandra Camerata and Dr. Giovanni Campanile. Sandra is a psychiatrist and was born and raised in Sicily, and Giovanni is a cardiologist. They have written the Sicilian Secret Diet Plan book and podcast in order to introduce a wider audience to the wonderful taste and health benefits of the Sicilian Mediterranean diet, which will lead you onto a path of longevity and improved health span, the reduction of disease in the later part of your life. The goal is to live not only longer, but better with improved vitality and joy of life. Their motto is be well deliciously. So now we're going to talk about another very important macronutrient, and that is fat. Fat is necessary. We have to eat small amounts of fat. And there are especially certain kinds of fats, like fatty acids, that the body cannot produce on its own. So we have to introduce it with our diet. So there are different kinds of fats, like all carbohydrates are not created equal. Not all fats, of course, are created equal. So we're going to learn the fats that are actually good to eat and helpful to our health and the ones that are not. Well, and in fact, the Mediterranean diet and the Sicilian version of the Mediterranean diet is a high fat diet and high fat in good fats. You know, there are fats that are excellent for you, like poly and um, monounsaturated fats from olive oils, from avocados, from uh, olives themselves, nuts. Uh, these are all fats that are excellent uh, for your health. And some small degree of saturated fats that come from animals, especially from fish, but even from beef and uh, poultry, good quality in small quantities, are also very good. And like we mentioned earlier, uh, organ meats in small quantities also have their special benefits. So fats also are helpful, like Giovanni was talking before, about absorbing certain vitamins, like the fat-soluble vitamins. So a small amount of fat in our diet is essential for our, our health. So there are unsaturated fats, and the unsaturated fats are liquid, usually at room temperature. And among those fats are the queen and king of all fats, that is extra virgin olive oil. Now, avocado oil uh, is also very, very good. There are some other liquid oils that are excellent. And they're good because they improve cholesterol, actually, levels. They improve blood pressure. They help uh, when you have uh, uh, ulcer, uh, uh, gastric ulcers, that is due to H. pylori, which is a bacteria that attacks the the stomach. So it, uh, extra virgin olive oil has a lot of healing properties and it's one of the oils that is the most similar to breast milk in, in all its components. So <clears throat> they also improve in overall inflammations, improve heart arrhythmia, which is pretty significant. So again, we're, we're covering the magic of food as medicine. <clears throat> and the unsaturated fats are also found predominantly in uh, the foods from plants. So the monounsaturated fats are mostly found in olive, peanut, canola oil, avocados, nuts, almonds, walnuts, hazelnut, etc., and seeds, like, such as pumpkin seeds, um, 
flax seeds, chia seeds. And uh, the polyinsaturated fats, and instead are found in high concentration in sunflower, corn, soy, uh, flax seeds, fish, the omega-3, uh, the fatty acids. Again, omega-3 fatty acids, our body cannot produce them. We have to get them through food. Um, so the omega-3s that come from plants, the main one is alpha-linoleic acid, and a great source of this is flax seeds, chia seeds, and walnuts. Um, and the best way to get this is through food, and the alpha-linoleic acid is very important for a variety of bodily functions, including the uh, endothelium and the, and the health of the arteries in your body. The endothelium is the lining of the arteries. Right. So the end of, it's a very important concept is that a lot of disease have a vascular component. That means the blood supply to them become diseased. And one of the first things that happens is that this very special inner lining called the endothelium, which is an active single cell layer on the inside of the arteries, can become damaged. And then that's how the atherosclerotic plaque can, can start and that blocks off the arteries. And uh, so we like to keep the endothelium as healthy as possible, and that's a, what a lot of this food can help us do. And as you can see, eating a variety of foods, good foods, is very important because each and every one of these- Food components. Food components, macro and micronutrients, come from different foods. So you have to eat a variety of good foods in order to get them. And it's interesting enough that the majority of Americans do not eat enough polyunsaturated fats. So the good fats, we don't eat enough. We, we need plenty, unfortunately, of unhealthy fats. So the American Heart Association suggests that 8 to 10% of your daily calories should come from polyunsaturated fats. We're eating more saturated fats than polyunsaturated and monounsaturated fats. Yeah, processed foods uh, like packaged cookies and and chips and these sort of foods have added saturated fats to them. And that's where you get a lot of hidden saturated fats. In fact, in packaged foods, there's a lot of hidden saturated fat and a lot of hidden salt and a lot of hidden carbohydrates. A lot of things in high quantities, which cannot be, you know, is not good for your health. So that's something to be cognizant of is that packaged food, sometimes you can get a lot of things that you don't think you may be getting, and you are getting a lot of them. So saturated fats are the bad fats, the fats that we want to avoid, that they're pres present in beef, they're present in cheese, they're present in ice cream, they're present in cakes and, and uh, uh, some cereals. Um, so the, the saturated fats are mostly coming from animal, sources and so we have to eat the right amounts and from the right sources so a little bit saturated fats that come from animals that come from dairy are okay <coughs> especially if it if they're organic if they're grass-fed grass-finished grass um, a lot is still considered not a healthy source so uh, we should be getting no more than 10% of our calories from saturated fats. 
our recommendations is to get much less if none of saturated fats in uh, your your diet so um, there are some studies that show that saturated fats are not that uh, harmful um, but I think uh, at this point, the majority of nutritionists, the majority of scientists do support the fact that to limit the saturated fats to a minimum. And if you're going to use it, use it from animal sources, from dairy and animals, and not from uh, uh, other processed foods. Well, one of the concepts that's becoming um, clearer is that if uh, you don't have a lot of other risk factors, like if you're not obese, you don't smoke, you don't have diabetes, you can metabolize animal and saturated fats much better than people that have these other risk factors. So it seems to be more harmful if you have these other risk factors than if you don't. So if you have high cholesterol, then you have a diet uh, high in saturated fats and you switch it to a diet with the polyunsaturated fats. You don't have to eliminate the fat, but just switch the kind of fats that you're using in your diet. Actually, you can see your cholesterol, your HDL cholesterol, your good cholesterol going up, your LDL cholesterol, the bad cholesterol going down, um, and your insulin resistance actually improves significantly. So just by switching from bad fat to good fat, you can improve your diet, your, your health, which is, pretty remarkable. I think Sandra was going to mention something about trans fats and just, I want to make a comment. Trans fats is a special kind of fat that's been modified and it's used commonly in restaurants and in packaged foods and in, um, and then, and, and trans fats in any amount is okay. bad for your heart. It's bad for your arteries. And, um, one thing to keep in mind that there's a minimal amount of trans fats that packaged food companies can put into their foods and still say no trans fats. So if it says no trans fats, it doesn't really, doesn't mean there's zero trans fat. There could be a small amount. So they, the food industry uses the trans fat to stabilize the food. So it's necessary for packaged foods to have trans fats in order to allow for the food to, to survive in the packages for long periods of time. And so they can, the oil can withstand uh, uh, repeated heating. So these are oils that have been hydrogenated um, to maintain, again, the food over time and to allow for high temperature to not to damage the food. Yeah, it's basically uh, a type of preservative for food, and it's uh, easy for food companies to add this instead of high-quality fats that would... High-quality oils. So if you have the trans fats are used to fry foods in, in restaurants where you go and buy fried foods. So you have that's why fried food is not necessarily the best way to eat. But if you use a good oil to cook at home and to stir-fry, then it's not as bad as using the trans fats. And the other problem with frying oils, especially in fast food establishments, is that they don't change the oil as frequently as they should. And you get a lot of uh, bad oils in your food and a lot of carbon compounds that are cancer causing that are in, in the oil because they, they don't replace the oil normally, they just add to it. 
So it's this continuous recycling of this bad oil. So what do trans fats do in her system? They increase the bad cholesterol, the LDL. They create inflammation. They contribute to insulin resistance. And if we have only 2% of our calories coming from trans fats, we can increase our risk for heart disease by 23%. So the so if there is a chronic consumption of trans fats, you have risk for coronary disease, for heart disease, and all other chronic diseases increases dramatic. 23% is a big impact on your health. There's two types of minerals. There's macro minerals and trace minerals. So uh, the macro minerals are calcium, magnesium, phosphate, sodium, chloride, and they all have their, their place in our bodies in terms of physiology. The most, the most abundant mineral in the body is calcium. And, um, and it's all found mostly in our, our bones and our teeth. And, um, and as infants, we have about 30 grams of calcium and then that goes up to about 1200 grams in, a, in adulthood. And as we get older, our need for calcium goes up. You know, we have to eat more and more uh, calcium in order to maintain our bones. And, uh, and our bones need the calcium because the bones are active organs. They, they have an, uh, an active turnover of, of cells inside themselves and they, they remodel. And so they need the calcium in order to do that. So um, good food sources of calcium are milk, yogurt, cheese, sardines are actually good, and, and tofu is a great source. Also, uh, spinach and salmon. Spinach, a lot of people don't realize spinach has a good calcium. Um, and talking uh, about synergy of food, so we need uh, vitamin K, we need vitamin D to make the calcium really work. In right, so system. vitamin D, vitamin K, and calcium all work together to maintain bone strength. And bone strength is very, very important as we get older because uh, if you get a fracture as, as a, an older person, that could be a very serious thing. You know, people can die from that. And so to avoid that, you know, it's good to exercise and also eat the right foods. Um, so calcium, and the FDA has actually approved the health claim for the use of supplements uh, containing calcium and vitamin D to reduce the risk of osteoporosis. But not all research supports this claim. But that's why they have learned how to fortify milk, right? They had to add vitamin D in, in milks to protect uh, uh, people. But again, the adding of supplements is necessary only when there is a deficiency. Otherwise, with a variety of healthy and whole foods, we don't need supplements. There's also evidence that uh, calcium, good amounts of calcium in the diet, helps prevent certain types of cancers like rectal cancer and... Uh, colon cancer. Um, now, can, a calcium for heart disease can be double-edged. There's uh, some studies that show that calcium can reduce lipid absorption and reduce cholesterol, but too much calcium in the diet, like over supplemental 800 milligrams a day, can cause accumulation of calcium in the arteries and in the valves. So you, want, you, can, you have to be careful how much supplemental calcium you take in. And uh, there's a condition called preeclampsia that happens in pregnant women where their blood pressure goes up and calcium 
supplementation and some studies have shown to help prevent that. The next macro uh, mineral is phosphorus and uh, phosphorus is very important for bone health, teeth health, and also the building of DNA and RNA, which is uh, you know, a fundamental part of our ability to reproduce our cells. And it's a phospholipid in the membranes of the cells, the trillions of cells in our bodies have something called phospholipid, which is phosphorus connected to a lipid that's part of the membrane, which is very important for the health of the sac that contains each and every cell in our body. So if we break that sac, if it's not as healthy, the chances for infections, but also the chances to create the damage to our DNA increases. And that is the aging process. That's exactly what happens with aging. And so if we can protect ourselves, we can protect our aging. And good sources of phosphorus are yogurt, milk, salmon, scallops, cheese, chicken, lentils. So these are, again, a variety of foods is helpful for all these nutrients. We, we know that phosphorus is very important for a variety of health conditions, uh, including heart disease and kidney disease. Another macro mineral is magnesium, very important. We, magnesium is involved with about 300 enzymatic reactions in the body, in muscle function, nerve function, blood sugar control, blood pressure control, and it's also necessary for the molecule of energy, ATP production. So magnesium is very important and about half, when studies have done looking at magnesium concentrations, about half of Americans are magnesium deficient. So it's good to have good amounts of magnesium. Um, you can become, you can get too much magnesium when you supplement, but if you get your magnesium from food, that's almost virtually impossible because our bodies have good mechanisms to get rid of the magnesium if we have too much. And good sources are pumpkin seeds, chia seeds, almonds, spinach, cashews, peanuts, and black beans. These are great sources of magnesium. Again, all whole foods. And, and very important for blood pressure management, heart disease, type two diabetes, osteoporosis. Also, there's some evidence where it helps prevent migraine headaches. So it's a very important mineral. And some evidence that can be very calming for the brain. So it can help with anxiety and can help with depression. So health, very helpful. And, um, and we find that we've tested many different types of magnesium. There's all different types, but we find the magnesium L3 and 8 seems to get into the cells the best because we measure what's called RBC magnesium, which is the magnesium inside the cells, which is the important uh, place for it to be. The next macro mineral is uh, sodium. Sodium is fundamental for life. It's the principal, um, what we call cation or uh, mineral in the extracellular fluid. Our cells are inside fluid and there's fluid inside the cell and outside the cell. And outside the cell, there's a lot of sodium and inside the cell, there's a lot of potassium. So there's a, there's a special uh, pump, which is energy dependent that keeps the sodium out of the cell and keeps the potassium in the cell. And it's very important um, uh, for all sorts of bodily functions in terms of communications of cell to cell communication, neurological uh, 
function. It's the electricity. Work. Right. It's in the electrochemical gradient. For the cells. And then chloride is also part, is usually goes hand in hand with sodium, because we have sodium chloride. And, uh, and it's the, ma and the main anion in the uh, intracellular fluid. And, uh, and it's very important for uh, uh, the balance of sodium in our bodies. Now, potassium is super important, very much concentrated inside our cells. And uh, again, this, this special pump that we have in our, in our bodies that keep the sodium out of the cells, potassium in the cell, very energy dependent. And this is one of the reasons why we need energy is to maintain these mechanisms like this sodium potassium pump. We need ATP, constant, constant production of ATP for this to happen. And good food sources of potassium are apricots, lentils, squash, prunes, Raisins, and everybody potatoes, knows about oranges and, or and uh, bananas. And orange juice and oranges are very good. Bananas are also very good. And, and potassium has been shown to lower blood pressure, you know, good amounts of potassium, uh, help prevent kidney stones, help prevent osteoporosis. It helps manage blood sugar and type 2 diabetes. And, uh, and you can't have too much potassium in your system, and this can cause... Um, muscle weakness, paralysis, and even serious abnormal heartbeats. So too much potassium is not a good thing. Again, usually from food, it's very difficult to get too much of everything. So electrolytes and balances usually can happen in serious medical conditions, but also if you're sweating too, too much and not hydrating, or if you're hydrating too much, you can also create it. There is such a, there is a thing as drinking too much water to create electrolytes and balances. And the other macro mineral is sulfur. Sulfur is uh, very important um, and essential mineral. And it's usually supplied in our body by an, an essential amino acid called methionine. And, um, and then methionine can be made into cysteine, which cysteine also causes, uh, has sulfur in it. And it's very important for um, the production of a molecule called glutathione, which um, uh, is an one of the most important antioxidants in our bodies. And it's also important for DNA repair and building. And so sulfur is, uh, is very important. And foods that contain sulfur are meats, poultry, legumes, nuts and seeds, eggs, asparagus, broccoli, and garlic and onion. These are the main foods. Now, the uh, just briefly on trace minerals, um, iron is a very important trace mineral that's important for a lot of body functions, including our blood cells. Heme is, has an iron in its center. Uh, it's important to provide oxygen to muscles. Uh, manganese is another um, mineral that uh, assists in carbohydrate and amino acid and cholesterol metabolism. Uh, copper is uh, very important for connective tissue formation and as well as nervous uh, system function. In fact, we know that the zinc-copper ratio, which should be about 15 to 1, is very important for cognition, emotions, and that sort of thing. It's, uh, so having the and proper amount of copper is very important. Iodine is another important mineral. Uh, 
Usually we get we can get iodine from iodized salt or from uh, another good source is um, seaweed. You know, they can, these dried seaweeds that you put on your salad, and it's very important for thyroid function. Iodine. Um, T3 and T4, these are the, the main thyroid uh, molecules. The number T3 means three iodine molecules, T4 means four iodine molecules. And this is how we develop active thyroid, is by manipulating the number of, of iodine molecules uh, on, the, on this. And they, the medical community has recognized the need to provide the populations with iodine by fortifying salt because we're not getting enough iodine from our diet. But again, a healthy uh, whole diet can provide all the nutrients. Yeah, it's always best to get it from food. The other micro minerals are fluoride, which is very important for bone and tooth health, and uh, selenium, which is uh, another micro mineral that uh, very highly concentrated in Brazil nuts. If you are new to the show, welcome. And if you are returning, we are so grateful for your participation and support. We hope you go to iTunes or Spotify and subscribe to the show, leave feedback, write a review, or send questions. They love questions and look at every question that is submitted. The content of the Sicilian Secret Diet are meant for educational purposes only and are not meant to be a medical diagnosis or treatment advice. A doctor-patient relationship is not created, and any questions related to your specific physical or mental health should be directed to your healthcare practitioner. So hello, and thank you for joining Sandra and Giovanni for another episode of the Sicilian Secret Diet Plan Podcast.